This is Johnny Silva. I'm the pastor at Dilly First United Methodist Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope it builds your faith, and I hope it gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. Enjoy the message. We take for granted sometimes the things that that we see over and over and over, the blessings that we see over and over. Sometimes we take it for granted, but maybe we have a little bit more appreciation for the air conditioner today, and uh, for that I give thanks. But also, I give thanks because I have completed my first full week of school with the students, and it was a little... A little rough, a little rough at the beginning. If you remember last week, I was talking about how uh, I didn't have access to all of my information. I wasn't able to take attendance, wasn't able to do all that sort of stuff. But in the in the morning, Monday morning, um, apparently I was not the only person who was doing this, but I called and I was able to get everything situated. I got my Google Authenticator all set and ready to go, and so I was able to connect with everything. But I already had a lot of things Um, connected and and just ready to go because you always have to have a plan B, right? And then after first period, the projector was not working. I was like, are you serious? But keep in mind, I have first period and then I have my conference period. In that conference period, I am basically displaced out of my room because there is a a coach that comes in and teaches uh, psychology or something like that. And so I'm not blaming him, but it was working before, and it just wasn't working after that. So anyway, um, third period all the way on. So I have first period and then conference. Third period, lunch. So I have an early lunch about 1130. And then I have fifth period, sixth period, seventh period. Or no, wait, that's lunch. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, no, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth. So I have, like, all in a row, and I'm, it, it's it's a little rough. It's a little rough, but I had to do all that without my projection screen and all that sort of stuff. So, again, you have to be, you have to roll with the punches, and you have your plan, and then there's reality. We've talked about that before, um, but everything was able to um, get all fixed for the next day, and we were able to go and do what we need to do. One of those things that I do when I start at the very beginning is I tell a little bit about myself. I get to know them a little bit, but also I get to know they get to know a little bit about me. And one of the things I say in there is I have a picture of, and it's kind of like a cartoonish picture, but it's of me and Laura's next to me, and I'm holding Jackson, and I have this um, I have a, a black robe on, and then I have this, and I'm asked, and I ask the question, um, w- "What do you think that is?" Like I'm, I'm wearing something. What do you think that is? And so they're like, "Oh, well, you graduated from something." I was like, "Yeah, I graduated a couple times, but, but that's not why. I, I'm wearing that robe, and then that stole." They're they, or like, are you a judge? I was like, "No, not a judge." And then so they, they keep on thinking, and then somebody eventually comes to the conclusion that, are you like a, a priest? I was like, close, I'm not a priest, but I am a pastor, and so, and then I go from there. But, and then you see this kind of confusion on their eyes, but like, how are you a pastor and you're also our science teacher, our chemistry teacher? And those two things don't seem to, to connect, but of course, for me, it does. And so, again, I have to explain things. And, and one of the things I, I talk about is my, 
my journey to to where we are now and i had a question asked it was like well why didn't you become a scientist i was like but didn't i they're like oh i guess you did yeah see so i did i didn't like to say all right science is out the window now it's all faith and that's where i'm going no for me i exist with faith and science and notice that it has faith first and so the the title of this particular um, message series is faith and science unraveling the mysteries and so there are mysteries in this world of course and one of the things that that seems to be in our minds is that those two are mutually exclusive they don't exist in the same space and time however some of the earliest scientists were christians and if you're not aware of this, I mean, you, you probably are, but before there was colleges, those started with like monasteries and those became colleges. So faith was at the very heart of it all, of the learning process. And so some of those uh, Christians were laymen, laywomen, clergy, and they wanted to understand more about God's universe that they were living in. And they began to develop theories and then a wealth of knowledge showing how God's universe was, was working, how it was able to function. And so men like Isaac Newton, Newton, like you know him, uh, Kepler, Galileo, were just dedicated to their religious beliefs, but not only that, that helped them and that directed them of where to go next. And so Galileo is noted for saying that God is known by nature in his works and by doctrine in his revealed world. So, again, for me, I I have always had that connection. I've not ever lost one or the other. To me, they are connected. So, but for other people, it's not that, that easy. They either see one or the other and they are mutually exclusive however i am glad that that first week is done and we're looking forward to another day off before we have to start again but i'm not sure if you were like me but i was looking forward to not only the end of this week but also the start of college football yesterday anybody else football yes now i know i know uh, there were some victorious teams and there were some not so victorious teams Uh, i won't say winners and losers but i just kind of did and i i know that i'm not alone in the fact that people were looking forward to the start of college football and people all over the country in fact were watching from home or maybe even some attended games in person so just to reiterate that or maybe to to give it a little bit more emphasis the university of tennessee and virginia fans broke the attendance record with the whopping 69,507 fans in attendance that is a lot now fans football fans around the country were connected with that event and they were cheering on their teams and they were watching and and waiting with anticipation of greatness of their team, of course, and they stood with awe and wonder as amazing feats unfolded before their very eyes. They were connected. 
Now, I would love to see that same type of excitement, that same type of fervor, that, that zeal and that connection on Sunday mornings too at church around the world, not just in our country. Now, wouldn't it be amazing to see all of humanity around the world and around the country connected to one another, singing praises to the Lord God Almighty. Now, to catch a glimpse of this deeper connection that we were all created with and for, we turn to the book of Psalms 104 and a little bit of 111. And in its reading, may we hear the very word of God. So before we do that, a little bit of background. Uh, so this is entitled, Love the Lord Your God with All Your Mind. Now, in this particular psalm, a majority of it is Psalm 104, <clears throat> Genesis 1, 1, all the way to 2, 4, is turned into just this magnificent poetry and I wish, I wish that you could see the Hebrew in it all because we think that the English version of this is, is beautiful, and it really is, but the Hebrew version of it is even more beautiful. Is it possible? I think. Because the way that it connects with one another, yes, this line goes with this line, but also this line and this line, and the way they go back and forth it's as though it is a living and breathing thing that just was revealing more and more beauty as you go deeper into it. Now, it is showing many parallels with an Egyptian hymn to the sun god, Aten. Now, it does not hail creation, this psalm. It does not hail creation, but Yahweh, the creator. Yahweh appears not primarily as an all-powerful, but as an all-merciful God. And Yahweh creates a happy world where even the lion's roar becomes a prayer. The psalm does not reason from creation to the existence of God, but the other way around, from God to existence. And it proceeds from the faith, or it comes from the faith in the covenant God of kindness and fidelity that is faithfulness to appreciation of creation. Now, God's people, Israel, are at the very center of this. And as we come from those that were God's people, we are now God's people. So what we also will see in this particular psalm is that it can be divided into ways or separated or segmented into ways um, into the days of creation in Genesis 1. So... I invite you to see or hear. I didn't put it up on here for, for a reason because I want you to hear the way that it can be poetry and then let it fall on your ears and let it fill your soul. So here in these words, the very word of God. This is Psalm 104, verses 1 through 9. Bless the Lord, O my soul, O oh my God, you are very great. You are clothed with honor and majesty, wrapped in light as with a garment. You stretch out the heavens like a tent. You set the beams of your chamber on the waters. You make the clouds your chariot. You ride on the wings of the wind. You make the wind 
your messengers fire and flame, your ministers. You set earth in its foundations so that it shall never be shaken. You cover it with the deep as with a garment. Waters stood above the mountains, and with, you, with your rebuke they flee. At the sound of your very thunder they take flight. They rose up to the mountains, ran down to the valleys, to the place that you appointed for them. You set a boundary that they may not pass so that they may not again cover the earth. This portion is hailing God as the creator. And verses 1 and 2a are basically referencing the first day of creation, the creation of light. Now verses 2b, I guess you could say, to 4, is referencing the second day. The creation of the firmament. I don't know if you've heard that word. It's a made-up word. So in in Hebrew, just to give you a little bit of a Hebrew lesson here, you didn't know that you're going to learn Hebrew, but you are today, is rakia. Can you say rakia? That is a hard, flat, firm thing. So in our infinite wisdom, we said, oh, that is a firmament? And we made up that word. So it was just the thing that hold up the waters from the waters. And that was the sky, right? And then so verses 5 through 9 was the third day in the separation of heaven and earth. Now, this praise is much less Israel's gift to God than it is a recognition and a ritual of reliving God's gifts to Israel. It's not saying anything more than God, you are amazing. Look at all the things, all these gifts that you have given us. And then it continues in 10 through 18. You make springs gush from the forth, gush forth in the valleys. They flow between the hills, giving drink to every wild animal. The wild quenches their thirst. By the streams, the birds and the air... <clears throat> have their habitation. They sing among the branches. From your lofty abode, you water the mountains. From the earth is satisfied with the fruit of your work. You cause the grass to grow for the cattle and plants for the people to use to bring forth food from the earth and wine to gladden the human heart, oil to make their face shine, and bread to strengthen their human heart. The trees of the Lord are watered abundantly, the cedars of Lebanon that have been planted in them, the birds build their nest. The stork has its home in the fir trees. The high mountain are for the wild goats. The rocks are a refuge for the conies. The Lord is one who gives nourishment to everything, to all of creation. And so verses 10 through 18, we see the adornment, if you will, the adornment of the earth. God not only created the earth, but adorns it, gives it nourishment. And so God very clearly is a source of whatever human beings need for physical nourishment and even delight. Did you hear that part about, uh, let's see, yeah, something about wine, giving them glad hearts, something like that, right? Yes, wine to gladden the human heart. So it is biblical, I'm just saying. Um, <clears throat> now we continue. We continue. I'm going to skip right over that, and we're going back to verse 19. 
You have made the moon to mark your seasons. The sun shows its time for setting. You make darkness and it is night. When all the animals of the forest come creeping out, the young lions roar for their prey, seeking their food from God. Then the sun rises, they withdraw and lie down in their dens. People go out to their work and their labor until the evening. This is the Lord, the master of all of the seasons. Verses 19 through 20 talk about the fourth day, the creation of the heavenly bodies, the sun, the moon, the stars. Verses 21 through 23 talk about the sixth day. I skipped five on purpose because we're going to come back to that. The sixth day, creation of the terrestrial creatures, so the land animals, and all of humankind. Not only is Yahweh it, not only is Yahweh showing that, that Yahweh is the master of the seasons of the year, but also the passage of night and day. God is making all of this possible. In verses 24 through 26, extend God's control even into the oceans. And so we continue on with 27 through 30. O oh Lord, how manifold are your works! In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Yonder is a sea, the great and wide. Creeping things under uh, innumerable are they. Living things, both small and great. They go to the ships and the Leviathan that you formed to sport in it. They all look to you to give them their food in due season. When you give it to them, they gather it up. And you open their hand, and they are filled with good things. You, When you hide your face, they are dismayed. And when you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. You send forth your spirit, and they are created. And you renew the face of the ground. The Lord is controlling the very existence of life and of death. And in verse 25 and 26, going back to the fifth day, there's a creation of the ocean creatures. And in verse 24, like the refrain, like in a song, this is the refrain. We're coming back to it over and over again. And God saw that it was good. Yahweh directs life and death through the gift or withdrawal of the Spirit. The sequence of life and death and new life through the Spirit follows the common biblical pattern for Jerusalem and of the people of Israel. The people upon whom God is promising generally succeed at first and then undergo serious difficulties to the seemingly frustrating, uh, the frustration of faith, but rise again to fulfill a never anticipated earlier success. And then we end finally with this. This is kind of a blessing, if you will. May the Lord, may the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works, who looks on the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. It will sing to the Lord and it will live. I will sing praise to my Lord. I will sing to God while I have being. May my meditation be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. Let sinners be consumed from the earth and let the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul. 
Praise the Lord. And it ends with that. That is verse, I mean, that is Psalm 104. And the Psalm's glorious finale, it ends the way it began. And Yahweh reaches down from his heavenly sanctuary and touches the earth with smoke, which is a symbol of divine manifestation. Such a world has no place for sinners. Therefore, the Psalm sees the world as full of good people, innocent of any innate corruption with God's gift of goodness. This is how they were created and for what they were created. Now we end with three verses in Psalm 111. Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright in the congregation. Great are the works of the Lord studied by all who delight in them. Full of honor and majesty is his work, and his righteousness endures forever. We are all connected to our Creator and with one another. And we are made and connected in order to praise God. So if you hear nothing else about what I've said so far with talking about how I introduce myself and I'm a man of science and faith and faith and science and that we can all come together on Saturday on Saturdays and, and get behind a particular team and we can shout and we can, we can yell and we can uh, be there with eager anticipation of success and we can do that. All of that. I want you to hear one word connection 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 and if we find those connections if we find those connections that god is sending us signals every single day in every single part of creation god is sending connections and being mindful of that being mindful of that makes us aware of the one who was making the connections in the first place we become even more connected with our Creator. We become even more cre- um, connected with creation and with each other. In fact, if we allow, if we allow God to work as only God can, we can actually become the connection. Rich and bold tapestry that comes together and ultimately reflects the Creator. Once again, that's a beautiful picture. And you are part of that. You are the connection. God has made it so. So my hope and my prayer is that we would be a people of praise. That we would be a people to understand the connection, that we are connected to a great God. And that we can connected to the creation and we're connected to one another and it's all made possible because of God the one from whom all blessings flow so I'm not asking you and I'm not asking the country or the world to do something that they haven't done before they do it all the time they do it at concerts They do it at football games. They come together and they cheer as loud as they possibly can. And they are in awe and wonder. And they're excited. 
what would our city, what would our state, what would our country, what would our world look like if we could be a people of praise? If we can be that connection that God made us to be, if we could stand up, if we could shout, and if we can praise God with that same type of awe, with that same type of wonder, with that same type of fervor and that energy, if we could be that people of praise as God made us to be, what might our world look like? How might we come together instead of being divided? How can we come around one another and praise our one true God? I am praying for that. I am praying that we can be one people, God's people. And that we can be connected to one another because we are connected to him. So how can I be a man of science and a man of faith? Well, that's a connection that God made from the very beginning. Not just in me, but in all of us. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There's a couple of things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And please share this message with friends and family to help us spread the gospel message. And thanks again for joining us on Dilly First United Methodist Church podcast. Blessings.